Well, good morning again. Good morning. Good, good. Um, random question. Who here likes musicals? Oh, a little more than half, maybe. All right. That's good to know. My wife likes musicals. She likes High School Musical. I'm not a huge fan. I'll watch them with her, um, but uh, she enjoys those. Uh, she loves High School Musical, like I said. And we watched a recent one on Netflix called A Week Away. Uh-huh. A Week Away. And uh, I, I got a. That's Jen's new favorite. New favorite. Maybe not her all-time favorite, but her new favorite musical. And uh, I actually I enjoyed it because they sang old Stephen Curtis Chapman songs that I sang up on the stage as a teenager. Um, so there's all these old Christian songs that they redid, and it's actually really funny. Um, and the reason I say all this, why am I telling you about a movie? Because this, the title of this morning's message is a, in reference to a musical. Um, who here has ever seen A Sound of Music? Not a musical? To me, it's a musical. I don't know. But it, they, they start singing in the middle of a movie. That's a musical. We start singing in the middle of a movie. Um, and uh, who here knows uh, the line where it says, these are a few of my favorite things. All right, so this morning, the, the title of this morning's message is, these are a three of my favorite things. These are a three of my favorite things. And if you want, you can open up your Bibles to Proverbs 22. I will have slides up here that has all the verses we're getting to. Um, but I'm going to take a couple verses from Proverbs 22. That's where our uh, text is this morning. And uh, we're going to look at, these are a three of my favorite things. And if I was smart, I would have had three points. But I'm not that smart, so I have four points. Um, and so, but in my four points, I've got three points to my four points. So there's, these are three of my favorite things, and I'm, before we get to our first one, I'm going to pray again. I know you guys prayed lots already, um, but I'm going to pray that God gives us ears to hear what he's saying, that I'm able to do my job, that I'm able to clearly communicate his word, but that the Holy Spirit would do what I cannot do. The Holy Spirit would speak truth to each one of you, that I know the Holy Spirit can tailor message this message and speak to you what you need to hear. And so I can't do that, so I'm going to pray that God does a miracle, that he feeds everybody through his word this morning. So would you pray with me that God would do a miracle and that you are testifying, you're agreeing with me in prayer, that our ears are open. We want to hear what God has to say. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. God, I thank you that your word is living. It's active. It's sharp. But God, sometimes I'm not that sharp. Sometimes I'm dull. So Holy Spirit, would you do something inside of my mind? Renew my mind this morning. Transform me by the renewing of my mind. I thank you that your word sustains me, that I live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So God, would you speak a fresh rhema word to us, God? That it is not just my thoughts, my thinking, that it would be your thoughts that are communicated today. So I pray that each one of us would have ears to hear what your spirit has to say. And all God's people said... Amen. All right. So Proverbs 22, the very first point of my first points, right? We're talking about these are three of my favorite things, is riches, honor, and life. These aren't necessarily my three favorite things, but as our Father in heaven, these might be three things that he loves to give his children. Riches, honor, and life. And sometimes when I say that word riches, oh no, you might be thinking, you know, TV, pastor, you know, uh, prosperity gospel, and I'm just, I just want your money. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about riches, honor, and life. These are things that as a good father, every good father wants to give his children good gifts, right? I know as, a, as my, I got four kids, I like blessing my kids. It brings me joy to spend money on my kids. 
Sometimes I don't like spending money on my kids, uh, right? The things they break and I have to fix, I'm like, ugh, right? I just being a, a natural father. But there's times where I love giving them good gifts. I love doing fun things. We're, we're beginning to plan our summer vacation, and I might be spending more money than I normally do on our summer vacations. And I'm thinking, oh, this will be fun. It'll be a family thing. I enjoy spending money on my family. And so to me, this is where God is at. These, this first point is maybe from God's perspective, Three of his favorite things to give his children. So we're going to look at Proverbs 22, verse 4. It says these three points that I just said. It says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So there you are. You're riches, honor, and life. But it comes by humility and fear of the Lord, right? As, as a good dad, sometimes I have a desire to give something good to my kids. But when they're not obeying me, it would not be smart or wise on my part to give them a good gift in response to their disobedience, right? But when they're full of fear and humility, when they're full of all these obedience, these things that please me as a dad, oh, I want to give them even more things than I was intending to give them. So there's this idea that I want to point out that God wants to give you. It's in God's best desires to give you riches, honor, life. So what does riches mean? Not just, oh, it means this. I, I don't have all the Hebrew words for you, but trust me, it means prosperity, plenty, abundance, overflow. So we're talking about riches. It doesn't mean necessarily finances. It can. Finances can come under that umbrella. But when he talks about riches, he means that you have more than enough. You have an overflow. So as you heard Pastor Nick saying during worship, some of us, we have a limit to our hope. We have a limit to our peace. Sometimes our peace is shaken. Things happen in our lives and like, ah, that's the limit of where I'm at. And God is saying, no, I want you to have overflow. I want you to have more than enough. Uh, we talked about last week, uh, a little bit about bread and seed, that God wants to supply your every need. He promises to do that. He's our provider, right? We will never go hungry when we're serving the Lord. He means that physically, financially, all these other things, he'll always provide. But God also wants to give us seed. He wants to fill us daily, right? Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. He wants us to, to feed us, but he also wants to give us an overflow, this idea of riches. He wants to give us more than enough, um, I love Psalm 23, right? David says, my cup runneth over, right? The idea is I don't have just enough to barely survive throughout today. I've got more than enough. I've got an overflow. Um, John 4.14, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And he says, those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. The idea is that Jesus wants to give you riches. The idea is that you have this source of more than enough. That it's within you. Jesus is the source. And he's got more than enough. And so the idea is he wants to give you Jesus. The father wants to give you more of his son, right? God so loved the world that he gave his son. He wants to give you more of Jesus. And with Jesus, you never lack. You always have more than enough. And so this is the idea of riches. I'm going to go a little faster because i got lots of points in here. But riches and then honor. What does the word honor mean in Hebrew? It means esteem, respect, reverence, good reputation, high position, privilege, dignity, fame and glory, favor. So this word honor means a lot of things, but they're all connected, right? This idea of favor. I love reading scripture where it talks about how Jesus himself as a man grew in favor with both God and man. So there's this idea that we can grow in favor. I always tell you, maybe not always, but very often at least, I tell you I'm God's favorite. 
and I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm his favorite, right? But does that mean that you're not his favorite? No, it just means I know when I sense God's favors on me, I look at my life and I see my wife, I see my kids, I see my bank accounts and I see things, I'm like, God's favor is truly on me because I'm the richest man in the room financially? No, I'm not. Um, there's times where I look at my bank account, I've shared this before, when you first got married, I looked at a whole year's bank statements and for an entire year, it kept showing more money was leaving my checking account than coming in. And at the end of the whole year, I still had money in my checking account. I, I did the math. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. How do I still have money in my checking account? Every single month, more money comes out. And I didn't start off with a whole big cushion or anything. So I know I look at that and I say, I must be God's favorite. Not because I'm the richest man in the room, but because I know that God provides and he always has more than enough. So it's that idea of perspective that I, I have this in my life that... Um, Oh, where was I at? Uh, so honor, right? That I'm his favorite, that you're his favorite, that Jesus grew in favor. You and I, we have this opportunity to grow in it. God wants to give you his favor. It's not that God is like, well, these dumb kids of mine, they drive me nuts, and every once in a while, I throw them a bone. I'm like, I'll just, I guess I'll be nice to them this time. That's not God. He's a God who wants to give out his favor. He loves you. You are his favorite, and he wants to pour it out on you. He wants to honor you. The idea of honor, um, I love hearing uh, this last season, I got to watch Benjamin play football, and we had announcers, and every once in a while, they would say, oh, number 32, Donnelly with the tackle. I'm like, oh, that's my name, right? That's my son. I have no problem letting everybody know that's my son, right? He represents me. I have no problem honoring him and saying, yeah, go Benjamin, right? All this idea, that's the same perspective of God in heaven. He loves honoring you. He loves, you read the story of Job, which seems like a hard story, but how does it begin? It talks about God bragging on his servant Job. He's telling the devil, oh man, Job is my favorite. Look at this guy. He does everything I tell him to do. He's in heaven. He's bragging to the angelic beings. Job is my favorite. I love this guy. So I just believe that the Lord is the same, the same things about you. Sometimes you and I, we don't feel that way. We don't think thoughts that way. But I love scripture. It says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. They're thoughts to prosper you. They're, they're thoughts to give you favor. They're thoughts to, to give you high honor. That's God's thoughts. He's always thinking of ways to promote you. That's who God is. He's always wanting to promote you in his kingdom. And so I just want us to understand that God doesn't look at you and he's not frustrated and angry when he looks at you. When he sees you, he sees you as his child, and he's like, ah, oh, that's mine. That's my beloved child. And he loves giving you honor. You know, I, it says that it comes through humility, right, and the fear of the Lord. I've watched people inside the church and outside of the church represent both to me. I've seen people who have promoted themselves and honored themselves, and it turned out not so good for them. I've seen it in the workplace, I've seen it at church. I've seen it happen where people just open their mouths and they're talking, they're, they're singing their own praises, right? And they're not normally promoted because they're doing all the promotion for themselves. And I've seen people on the other side where they promote others. All they ever do is they do something really good. They're like, yeah, but it was this person over here who did that and this person over here who did that. I, it wasn't me. It was these people. And they keep promoting others. And with humility, it's amazing how in the secular realm and in, even in God's kingdom, God wants to promote you. Uh, you read the, the book of James, right? It talks about how there's wealthy people in the natural and people, oh, let's just give these wealthy people honor. And James is like, no, actually, you should learn how to go sit in the lowest place when you walk into a home, 
right? And God will promote you. The, 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 the head of the household, let them promote you. Don't try to make yourself at the top. Allow God to do that. And so I love that it is God's desire to promote you. So don't, we don't have to do it ourselves. It's not up to us to promote ourselves. That's God's doing. And so that's just a, a good word right there, that he wants to promote you. He wants to honor you. So these three things. He wants to bring riches, honor, and life. This word life in the Hebrew, I thought it was going to be the word ruach, because that's back in Genesis where God breathed the breath of life into Adam. But that wasn't the word used here. This word in Hebrew, it actually means revived, refreshed, restored, sustaining and satisfying life, fully alive, growing and increasing life. That is such a good list. I'm going to say it again for those that are taking notes. You can write some of those down. This word life means revived, refreshed, restored, sustaining and satisfying life, fully alive, growing and increasing life. This is what God wants to give you. These are some of the favorite things he loves to give his children. It's not just to make you alive, not just to create you in your mother's womb and put a beating heart and putting you know, blood flowing through your body. He doesn't want to just sustain you. He wants to bring satisfaction in your life. He wants to make you fully alive. He doesn't want you just to survive through a pandemic. He wants you to thrive, right? He, the idea is this is what God wants to give. These are his favorite gifts to give his children, is life. Again, I can't help but think about Jesus. What did he say? I came that you might have life and that you might have it to its full or abundant life. Jesus made it plain. This is why I came. The enemy, he comes to steal, kill, destroy. I come to give you life. These are the things he enjoys giving you is for you to be restored, for you to be refreshed. Those words, I think there's, again, I think there's a lot of things I could be saying this morning but I think the Holy Spirit wants to speak some specific things to individuals in here. Some of you, maybe that's the word this morning. You need to know that there's a God in heaven who wants to refresh you. He wants to revive you. He wants to make you fully alive. That when you wake up in the morning, you can't wait to go live life. That you have purpose and meaning. I, I, uh, I can't help but think I, I saw, was it yesterday? I saw a picture of Pat on Facebook holding her grandson. And the smile on her face was this word. She was fully alive as a grandma, just enjoying the pleasure of holding her grandson. I love pictures like that. I know that God in heaven wants you to live life that way. He enjoys seeing you fully alive. Not just struggling and saying, praise the Lord, right? I guess I have to praise him because I'm created to and there's nothing, that's what I'm supposed to do. But actually when you are fully alive, I, I quote it often, um, John Piper, I'm stealing it from him. Um, but he's got a phrase where he says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. When, when God actually satisfies us more than Netflix, right? More than any, uh, a really nice meal, right? doesn't mean those things are wrong. I just talked about Netflix. I enjoy eating. God created all those things. But those things are in context of who God is. When I actually give thanks for my meal and I say, God, I know that you provided the finances of this. You provided a good wife who knows how to cook, right? You provided all these things and I'm truly and genuinely thankful for this food and I eat it, oh, and I'm satisfied with those good flavors. I'm actually glorifying God. It's not because I live to eat, right? It's no, I'm, I'm eating because I'm alive and because I know that God provided all these things. So it's not that all these other things in life are evil, and all we're supposed to do is just sing songs to God all day long. No, he wants us to see that in every area, every moment, everywhere we go, we can live fully alive giving him glory because we're satisfied. 
I'm guilty. When I went to AT&T for nine years and I went to work every day, there were seasons where I didn't like going to work. There were things I didn't like that management was doing and things they were doing. I was like, I don't agree with their decisions and I think this is a dumb thing to do and I'm gonna go do what they told me to do, but it was with the wrong attitude. And with that, man, it, it messes things up. Uh, giving examples of one of my own kids. Uh, yesterday morning was is Saturday morning. It's chore day, right? We make sure that our kids have chores and assignments throughout the house. They have things they have to do. And uh, woke up, he woke up in the morning. He was excited. He wanted to play some video games and all these other things. And then we told him, well, did you finish all your homework? Do you know that you have all these chores to do? You know, we told him all the things he had to get done that day. And right away, this is going to be the worst day ever. I'm not going to say who it is. But one of my kids, ah, oh, well, oh, I'm going to have no fun today. That was his response. We're like, well, if that's your attitude, you're probably right. You're not going to have any fun today, right? Why am I sharing this? Because praise God, it didn't even take a talk from his pastor dad. On his own, he spent some time with God. It wasn't like this big, long hour devotion. He just realized, my attitude stinks right now. I've got to change my attitude. And he was the first one done with all of his chores in the house. He was the first one done with everything and came back to mom and dad. Mom and dad, I did this and this and this. Is there anything else you want me to do? Yes, can you go do that? Okay. It wasn't like, oh, one more thing. All right, when did that? Is there anything else I can do? Yeah, actually, can you take care of that? Came back. First one done with everything. First one on video games. First one enjoying what he wanted to do the rest of his Saturday. i sharing that testimony because I'm proud of him, right? He changed his perspective. He, he got to live life to the full that day. There's times where I've seen that same child not do that. And all day long is barely getting anything done. I have to remind him, hey, did you pick up your clothes? Did you put your clothes away? Hey, did you put your clothes away? Did you put your clothes away? Now I'm getting frustrated with him, right? And life is not going well with him. But the idea is when we follow God's pattern for life, when we humble ourselves, when we fear God, and those are a part of who we are, oh, God loves giving us life. He loves honoring us. He loves giving us those riches where we have more than enough. And so, man, that's a whole message in itself, but that's just one of my four, first four points. So we've got to keep going. These are a three of my favorite things. So that's my first three points of one point. So that was Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. My next three sounds another, like another movie. It actually, when I wrote these down, I thought of Alice in Wonderland. So my next point is listen, open, and drink. Sounds like Alice in Wonderland, right? Like, you have to drink this, eat me, right? Get bigger, smaller. I don't know. I just was thinking that. Listen, open, drink. First, we heard maybe the three favorite things that God likes to give us. These are things that maybe we are responsible to do. We're responsible to listen, right? I tell my kids, listen. Listen to what I'm saying. Proverbs says it over and over again. Listen. If you are wise, listen, right? So this idea of listening Open and drink. So that's coming from verse 17. We skipped a whole bunch of verses. So Proverbs 22, verse 17 says this. Listen carefully and open your heart. Drink in the wise revelation that I impart. I love that it rhymes in this translation. <laughs> Listen carefully and open your heart. Drink in the wise revelation that I impart. This is the Lord now giving you a threefold. He's saying, make these your favorite things. God tells you, here's my favorite things to do for you. Can you make these your favorite? Right? Again, I'm thinking of a movie. Make work your favorite. Anyone know a movie? Elf. Could someone laugh? Make work your favorite. Okay. Um, so God is saying, make this your favorite. Make listening, opening your heart, and drinking in Revelation your favorite. And watch how well life goes for you. 
So this idea of listening carefully, I, I pray it almost every Sunday, almost every Sunday. Open our ears, right? Open your ears. Pay close attention. Let your mind comprehend and think deeply. I, I know sometimes I get so busy, I'm guilty of not really listening. Listening, I, I can hear things, but to listen in the Hebrew, it means to really, it means to meditate, to chew on, to think about over and over again. The idea is that we're not supposed to just hear God say thing one time and say, okay, got it, and then go do what we think it means. No, actually, meditate on the word of the Lord. Meditate, think deeply, contemplate. There's, there's words that God has given me that are quick words that I'm supposed to just do right away. Then there's words that God has given me that, man, I've taken a lifetime to chew on. What does that mean? I'm getting greater understanding, greater revelation as I chew and as I meditate on those things. So he's saying, listen to these things. Sometimes it's just quick obedience. Sometimes it's things he wants to, to, to meditate and to really chew on. So listen, how is your listening going? Is that something you need to improve on? God is saying, is that your favorite? Do you love listening? Well, make listening your favorite. Um, and then I love that it says, open your heart. Don't just understand and reason things. There's a difference between our brain reasoning and our hearts being open to things. I've heard it said that the longest journey in the world is the 18 inches from your head to your heart. It's the longest journey. Because sometimes there's things that I understand logically, but it hasn't changed the desires of my heart. There's things that I know scripture. I grew up in church. I know God's word. I, I know it. I can have it memorized. But if it's not in my heart and it's not my desire, then it's not really transforming me. I've got to have things go from my head to my heart. I, I think about this, right? This scary passage in, in the Bible where it talks about, you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Good for you. Even the demons believe that. The demons understand and reason, yes, Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe that in your head, good for you. How is it changing the motivation of your heart? Is your heart open to change? Is your heart open to the desires of God's heart? There's things that I desire here on this earth, but I've got to say, okay, God, but what is your desire? Uh, just getting real and practical for the last, as I was talking about my family vacation, um, giving you more, maybe TMI this morning. Um, but I, I've been looking into the idea of possibly even renting an RV for my family this summer. And I've been looking at all these different options and things just kept falling apart as I kept looking at different options. And so it's like, oh, God, I, I really want to do this. And so I'm learning, okay, God, I don't feel like God said, no, I can't have that. But there seems to be some closed doors that I'm saying, okay, God, I, again, I refresh my desires. I submit them to you. Whatever your desires for this summer, I know that your desire is to bless my family. It's for me, it's for my family to have a better family vacation than one I could ever plan myself. So I submit my desires. All these things I want, I will put them all on a shelf. And God, what do you want? What are the desires of your heart? Because I know your desires are better than my desires anyways, right? But we have to be open to letting go of things. We have to be open to saying, okay, not my will, your will be done. And it's amazing when we submit to his will, his will is always better. His desire is always better than ours. So the idea of listen, open, and then drink. I love that. In fact, I'm talking about drink. I'm thirsty. I'm going to get some water. You know, even as I'm doing that, I'm thinking about this water. There's water in this bottle. This is water. I can reason in my head that I need water. I'm not a nurse. What percentage of a human is water? 70-something percent? Percent water. So it's amazing. I know in my head 
that I need water to live. But I have to actually do it, to actually drink it in. There's a difference between knowing something and having desires. I was thirsty. I just was thirsty. But then I actually had to drink it. And I think there's things There's sometimes the Lord has revelation. The Lord has scripture. There's, it's right here. It's available. But we've got to go do something to drink it in. We've got to get it into our lives. I, I think about, okay, we can see there's water right here. Right now, it's just water. That same water is now Ryan Donnelly. Just did a magic trick for you guys. Turn water into a human being, right? That same water, it's water. But once it went into my, once I drank it, it actually became a part of who I am. It's now going into my bloodstream. I don't know how long it takes, but it's going to go into my bloodstream and flow throughout every part of my body. It used to be in a bottle, and now it's who I am. The Lord is saying he wants you to drink. He doesn't want you just to understand who he is. There are people that, are tripped up intellectually. There's people that really understand. There are people that are way smarter than me, that understand a whole lot more theology than me. I've shared this before. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I read Proverbs every day. Like I said, that's probably the book of the Bible I probably read more than any other book because I read it so often as a kid. And my prayer as a young kid was, I wanted to be wise. I wanted to be like King Solomon. I read about him. He was the wisest man in the, in the world. And what did he get with that? Everything else. God said, because you're wise, I'm going to throw in fame. I'm going to throw in riches. I'm going to throw in prosperity. I'm going to throw in all these other things because you chose wisdom. And so I was like, I ain't no fool. I might be 12 years old, but if I get wisdom, I get everything else. So I'm like, I want all of it. So I kept reading Proverbs. But it's amazing. When I got into high school and my relationship with the Lord was deepening, I began to, my heart began to change. As I was reading God's word, I realized there's a place for wisdom but I began to read about Solomon, and I read about his dad. Now, wait a second. David actually wrote a lot of the things that we read about wisdom came from his dad, came from David. And then I realized, oh, wait, David was a man after God's own heart. And my prayers began to change. God, I don't want wisdom. I mean, I do want wisdom, but more than wisdom, I want your heart. I want to desire what you desire. I want to live the way you, I want to love people the way you love people. So there's this idea that I want to become like God, not just have his wisdom. I want to look like him. I want to talk like him, smell like him. I want him to get inside of me. I want me to be more inside of him. So this idea of drinking, I think, is so important. What are God's favorite things for us? It's to listen to him. Children that listen to him. Children that have hearts that are open to whatever he says, and the children that drink in, drink in not just his word, drink in his goodness, drink in his love. Uh, we were praying this morning, I can only love because I'm first loved. I don't have the capacity to love you the way God's telling me to love you unless I first receive love from him. I, I have to drink in. I have to drink in those things. But I got to keep moving on. So listen, open, and drink. That was verse 17. We're moving on to our next three. These are our three of my favorite things. Next point is hide, remind, and find. Hide, remind, and find. Sounds like hide and seek, right? Hide, remind, and find. Sounds like we're acting like little kids this morning. I'm all for that. I want to act like a child. It comes from verse 18. This one might not be as point where I just got all my exact words from the verse, but let's read it anyways. Hide, remind, and find. It says this. For it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. There's a hide. 
let them all be fixed upon your lips. I'll say that's fine. Let, let's find his revelation on our lips. So it's talking about verse 17. All the things that God wants to reveal to us, all of his plans, his purposes, his promises, his scriptures, let them be hidden in our heart. So hide, remind, find. This is maybe one of the favorite things that the Holy Spirit loves to do. He loves it when you and I hide his word in our heart. How can a young man stay pure, right? By heeding, by hiding your word in his heart and heeding it according to what it says. If we hide his word in our hearts, then the Holy Spirit has something to remind us of. I love the scriptures that talk about how one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to not only guide us in all truth, but it's to remind us of the things Jesus said. In the Gospel of John, Jesus says this to his disciples. Don't worry, it's better that I go. I'm going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit, and he'll guide you in all truth, and he'll remind you of everything I said. Remember we talked about John? He says, we, all the books in the world could not contain all the things that Jesus did. And so the disciples are hearing that Jesus is leaving. They're like, how are we going to remember everything Jesus told us? He said, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit is going to remind you. Praise God, I don't have to be smart enough to have all of this memorized. If I just find that I spend time in his word, and I just begin to keep putting it into my life, it's amazing. I know I'm not the only one in this room that I've been amazed at the times the Holy Spirit has reminded me of something that I haven't read or remembered in years. But because I'm faithful to keep putting it into my body, I keep reading scripture, I keep putting it in, it's not my job to remember it all. It's the Holy Spirit who reminds me. See, again, I think about these threefold things. I, I think about, this is the logos, right? I'm talking about Greek now. This is the logos, or the written word of God. It's living, it's active, it's sharp, right? It's all these things that it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it's, that's it, it's right here. It's, it's the logos. I need the rhema as well. I need the Holy Spirit who breathes that logos. It's still the word of God, but it's breathed by the Holy Spirit. He's reminding me of things I put into my life. And now it becomes the rhema word of God. And that's actually the sword of the Spirit, right? When you read it, put it on the armor of God, it says in the sword, which is the word of God, it's talking about the word of God being the rhema word of God. It's not this. I don't just go around throwing a Bible around thinking I'm going to defeat the devil, right? It's when the Holy Spirit reminds me of something I read. Oh, that's the Holy Spirit breathed rhema word of God that I'm able to cut back the enemy lines. Because it's, it's his words. He's reminding me. I've hidden his word in my heart. He's reminding me, and now that threefold, right? Hide, remind, find. I'm finding it coming out of my mind, out of my body. I'm not just putting it into my body, and the Holy Spirit isn't just reminding me. Now I'm finding it coming out of my mouth. It's on my lips. It's in my obedience. It's in my decisions. It's how I live my life. Scripture in this Bible all by itself is powerful, but it's not powerful in my life until it's hidden in my life until the Holy Spirit reminds me, until I obey it, right? It's the logos, the rhema, and then the active, obedient word of God coming out of me. It's those threefold, right? Hide, remind, find. I don't look any of my notes. Let me see and look at my notes really quick. I guess as I'm saying these things, what's standing out to you in these three points? I have more points coming, but as I go through these, right? Listen, right? Open, drink, now hide, remind, find. 
Maybe you're going to take one of those threes, and those threes are what you're going to take this week, and you're going to remember those three words. Or maybe it's one of those words that you need to work on. Maybe you've grown up in the church, and you've heard a lot of sermons. You've been here for years like me, and you've got a lot of truth that's been put into you. But how much is the Holy Spirit reminding you on a daily, weekly basis? Maybe that's where you need to pray. Holy Spirit, I know you've put a lot of stuff into my life, but I'm not finding it actually happening in my life. I'm actually doing the word of God. So Holy Spirit, would you remind me, I need to have a better relationship with you. There's something hindering my ability to hear. So maybe that's what you need to focus in on. These are our three of my favorite things. Pick one of them. All right, moving on to my last favorite, right? My fourth point of three things. Personal discovery revelation. I'll say personal discovery of revelation. But I'm leaving it those three words because there's something personal. As I said, the Lord wants to personally speak into your life. But he also wants you to discover it. And it's this idea of revelation, personal discovery of revelation. I'm getting this from a few verses. We've been doing one verse at a time. Now we're going to look at verses 19 through 21. So starting in verse 19, we'll read this one. It says this. I'm teaching you today, yes, you, so you will trust in the Lord. I am teaching you today, yes, you, so you will trust in the Lord. It's personal. The idea is, what's God's favorite thing? Is to have personal relationship with you. He doesn't want to have a relationship with you, with you through somebody else. I, you know, again, I'm giving you TMI a lot this morning. It was not on my notes. I had no idea it was on my radar. I'm going to share, but I'm just giving you lots of TMI this morning. Too much information. Um, I've shared with you that I married my first girlfriend. Jen was the very first girl I ever kissed, first girlfriend I ever dated. But if I'm 100%, 100% honest, when I was in fifth grade, my best friend talked to some other girl's best friend, and through our best friends, somehow I had a girlfriend. Never talked to her, never had a real relationship with her, but I would say something to my best friend, and he would relate to the girl's best friend, and then they would relate to each other, and so I had a relationship with her through other people. That's why I say she's my first girlfriend, because that's not a real girlfriend, right? But in fifth grade, we, we said we were boyfriend-girlfriend. Didn't last long, right? Praise God. Um, I think the Holy Spirit dropped that into my spirit just right now, because I think some of us, I can be my own kids, sometimes we have a relationship with God through somebody else. And God is saying, no, my favorite thing is to be alone with you. It's good that we come to church. It is good that we gather together. Two or three are gathered. He's there. I get it. But his favorite thing is one-on-one -on -one time with you. He's personal. It's you. I love that scripture. You. I'm speaking to you today. Got it? This message today, yes, I know it's for the whole church. It's something God gave to me. But he's saying he's calling you out. He's saying my favorite thing is you. Personal time with you is my favorite. Uh, again, TMI, I got to have a date day with my wife yesterday. It was not planned, and we're dropping a kid off for a birthday party. We're like, we have a few hours. Let's leave the rest of the kids at home, right? And we went shopping, grocery shopping. It was like it was this romantic date. But I got to spend time with my wife. And even as I went to bed last night, I was just telling God, oh, God, thank you for that. My best friend. I wasn't planned. I got to spend time alone with my best friend. I love my kids. I'll tell you, in a heartbeat, I'd rather spend time with my wife one-on-one. -on -one. She's my favorite, right? I love you guys as a church, but not nearly as much as I love my wife. 
There's something about one-on-one time. I enjoy it. God is saying the same thing. He loves being alone with you. He loves being personal. The Bible is full of it. Read from Genesis to Revelation. God is a God who's speaking to every generation. I love that. He says that I am teaching you today. I'm teaching you. It means I'm speaking to you. I'm talking to you. God is a God who speaks. In Genesis, it says he spoke. Let there be light. And there was light. He spoke. Do you know that God never stopped speaking? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a God who continually speaks. God is speaking to you today. It's scripture. We just read it. I'm speaking to you today. And I love that it says you, yes, you. God is personal and intimate. It's not just a corporate word that God is speaking this morning. He's speaking tailor-made messages to individuals. I love that there's a, a, a verse that says that if we're his sheep, if he's our shepherd and we're his sheep, then we know his voice. We know our shepherd's voice. I'll do this. Again, it's fun when the Holy Spirit's just dropping things. Not in my notes. Um, some of you need to say this. I can hear God. So say it after me. I can hear God. And because today is, these are three of my favorite things. We're going to do it three times. I can hear God. I can hear God. I can hear God. Four times. All right. You can hear God. Some of you need to hear that. You need to hear it coming out of your own mouth. God is speaking to you. Maybe not the way you think or expect him to speak to you, but God is speaking to you. He wants to reveal himself. God is a God who makes himself known. If you don't believe me, read the Bible. Over and over again, he makes himself known. He wants to reveal himself to you. The goal is to trust him, right? I'm teaching you today, yes, you, so that you will trust in the Lord. Trust him. He is that good. Sometimes I know, <laughs> I love that we all have different relationships with God. My relationship with God looks different than the way my wife's relationship looks with God. He talks to me a different way than he talks to Jen. He speaks to you a different way. When I share with you how he speaks to me, you might think, oh, God, just talk to me like you do Pastor Ryan. No, he's not going to because he's personal. Those are my three words, personal discovery, revelation. It's up for you to discover it. I, I love that God, uh, I can't say that I love. Part of me loves that God does this. Part of me, it drives me nuts. That sometimes when I begin to hear God and I begin to have maturity and knowing how to hear God one way, he's like, all right, I'm not talking to you anymore, Ryan. I'm going to talk to you over this way now. Oh, why does he do that? Because he loves the discovery. He loves the relationship. He loves me pursuing him. That it's not just the same old, same old. It's not put a coin in, pull the slot machine, and I get an answer from God. No, he, he wants relationship. Hmm. But he wants you to trust him. Some of you, like I said, we hear different things. Sometimes I know, I laugh, I'm putting, my, I'm putting a lot of things, I went in my notes. Sometimes Jen, she doesn't want to go hear what God has to say. Because she knows that what God's going to say is not what she wants to hear, right? It's different relation. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just very different. I'm always, God, just tell me what to do. Like specifically, whatever you tell me to do, I'll just go do it. Just tell me what to do. 
And God is always telling me, Ryan, you're a big boy. Go figure it out. Like, just go make something happen. I'm like, oh, no, I want to know the specifics, God. Tell me what to do. Whereas Jen, she's very detail-oriented. She could plan it all out. And she's like, well, if I go talk to God, he might ruin my plan. So I'd rather not talk to him. I'm going to do it my way, right? You know, just being real and honest with you, we have different ways that we talk to God. Some of you maybe need to hear that. He's saying, would you trust him? Maybe you're afraid to hear his voice. And God is saying, just trust me. It's better. My voice, my plan, my purpose is way better than what you think. We've got to finish this off the last few verses. Uh, verses 20 and 21 says this. Pay attention to these excellent sayings of threefold things. For within my words, you will discover true and reliable revelation. So now you see my closing. Why did I come up with the title this morning's message, Threefold? Because it's in our last verse. Pay attention to these excellent sayings of threefold things. God speaks in threes. God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You and I, we have a body, soul, and spirit. There's so many things. Uh, the temple where God dwells, right? The outer courts, the holy place, the holy of holies. That God speaks in threes. He's speaking to you today in threes. A whole message to you in threes. As I shared before, just I'm, I'm picturing that temple. Some of us, we know the outer courts are available to us. We know scripture, it's available to everybody. A whole bunch of people can get God's word. But only priests could go into the holy place. Some of you, you're expecting pastors or other spiritual leaders in your life to go bring you a word. But God is saying this morning, that's good. Come gather with everybody. That's good. Get revelation from priests and other spiritual mentors and leaders in your life. But really what I want is where only one man could go into a room, the Holy of Holies. That's what he's wanting from you. He's speaking in threes. All three are good, but his best is at alone time with you. I, I kind of talked about as I'm kind of wrapping this message up, talking about the individual and specifics and uniqueness of his relationship. As I said God speaks to Jen differently than does me. I think about my relationship with my four kids. They're all my kids. They're all of my DNA. But my relationship with them is so different. My youngest, when I wake him up in the morning, I climb up to his bunk bed and I lay not just next to him, but on top of him with all my weight. And you know what he does? Oh, he nestles in and he cuddles with me and he loves it. He's the smallest guy in my family and he loves when I put all my weight on him. My oldest, who weighs more than me now, if I do the same thing to him, the first thing, Dad, get off! Oh, oh, what's wrong with you? Like, get off me. Like, he doesn't speak, his love language is different. I just feel like the Lord is saying this morning, he wants you to know that your uniqueness, your difference, he actually is putting a stamp of approval on it this morning. He's not saying, I want you to look like Pastor Ryan, I want you to look like this other person. He's saying, no, I created you different. And I approve of you. I don't want you to try to be somebody else. I want you to enjoy the uniqueness of how I created you. Your personality, your bents, your short hair, curly hair, whatever it is, right? All the different things. God is saying, I made you unique and different on purpose because I find joy in who you are. As I'm wrapping up this message, I just want you to, to think about what is God saying to you? This threefold message. There were things I skipped over, but I feel like God is saying, no, 
He said what he wanted to say this morning. So would you close your eyes as we just wrap up the message? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? As your eyes are closed, some of you have heard this verse before, very famous verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm going to mix it together with Proverbs 22, verse 4. With your eyes closed, hear this from the Lord. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to fill you with riches, honor, and life. Are you listening? Is your heart open? Are you drinking in my wise revelation? Are you hiding this word in your heart? Are you going to remember what I'm saying to you today? Are you going to ask for the Holy Spirit to remind you? Are you going to continually, actively obey the word of the Lord? Is your unique, distinctive relationship with me enjoyed and flourishing and increasing? How's your relationship with Jesus this morning? With your eyes closed, I just feel like I need to do this. Some of you maybe, you need to begin a relationship with Jesus. Some of you, you have a relationship with Jesus, but you're hearing him speak to you today and you know you need to respond. You fill in the blank. Whether you're giving him his life, you're rededicating, or whether you're just saying, God, I need my life refreshed. My life is not flourishing. If I'm honest, my life, I'm barely hanging on. And I want life. Jesus, you said that you come to give me life and I need it today. So I'm going to ask you, you fill in the blank. You know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you just need to respond to the word of the Lord. He's speaking to you. Yes, you today. If that's you, would you just stand so I can just pray over you? You need to respond to the word of the Lord today. Amen. And can I have just the rest of you stand? Let's just all stand. Lord, I thank you for your word, God. Your words of affirmation. God, that you are a God who builds up. You encourage. You're a God who satisfies us with long life. That doesn't mean that I'm going to live necessarily to be 100 years old, but it means that every day of my life is full, lacking no good thing. So I pray for those that stood and every one of us, God, in this room. I need to drink in more of your life. God, I need it. I'm saying I need it. I need your life. You alone, you have the words of life. I can't find them anywhere else. Netflix, a fun family vacation, even my relationship with my family, God, it can't be found in anything but you, Jesus. You are the source of life. You are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. I have access to the Father. I have access to the Holy of Holies because you made a way where there seemed to be no way. So I give you my life, God. Afresh and anew today, I give you my life. 
I want you as my father. I want you to have a a three of your favorite things. Have your way in me. What you want, God, I want. I yield myself. I humble myself to follow you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.